everybody. This is Bill Cameron from The Drive. Podcasts of The Drive are presented by Southeastern Industrial Contractors, now hiring for great-paying skilled trade positions. Call 334-209-6355 to learn more. Thanks for listening. Live from Auburn, the sports capital of Alabama, this is The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com and on Fox Sports Central Alabama at 98.3 FM in Birmingham and Sylacauga. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502 or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome in to the Tuesday. It's Tuesday, right? Uh, yeah, the Tuesday edition of The Drive. A, it's, not, it's not such a nice day today. We were just last week just raving about the weather. Spring break is here. And, uh, you know, a lot of folks are out of town, and it's a good time to not be hoping to be doing things outside at least around here so so welcome in but but hey dan's back dan's back from uh, sunny pensacola it actually it was gorgeous in pensacola this weekend and i'm happy to be back great to see all of you and and, and i want to say too uh, first and foremost uh, congratulations to the troy trojans on an outstanding season they came up short in the sunbelt conference tournament final yesterday against the ut arlington lady mavs the uh, the, the the mavs played a a great game man it was it was like double digits from the first quarter the- on. They they played outstanding basketball. The Mavs have been uh, I mean, the two teams played really early in conference play, and uh, and the game was much different than the one uh, in Pensacola. And yeah, UT Arlington just played an outstanding. I mean, by the time Troy got any sort of rhythm going, they were down twenty four in, in the second quarter, and they were able to get it down to eleven in the mm-hmm. second half. But I mean, when you can't, uh, I mean, when, when the other team is out rebounding you, and the other team is uh, is out shooting you, and the other team is out defending you. Uh, it's tough to uh, it, it's it's tough to make any sort of headway, and that what was hap- that's what was happening for a lot of the game. But the, the Trojans have nothing to be ashamed of. It was an outstanding season, another twenty plus win season, regular Se- season champs. Second year they've uh, they've won the regular season championship in school history. They're going to hang a banner for that, and and everybody is. Uh, I mean, they they earned it with with the best record in Sun Belt play. They went to Mississippi State earlier in the year and beat an SEC team on their home floor. Uh, so I mean, they, they've they've accomplished a lot, and yeah, I mean, it's it's college basketball, so the future is uncertain. But they they know they're going to be in the WNIT. The, uh, the the regular season champions get an automatic berth. So yeah, looking forward to see that bracket next week, and we'll we'll see where the uh, where the Trojans go from there. But yeah, looking forward to seeing this team play a little bit more basketball, even if they're not going back to the NCAA tournament. Yes, it is tournament time. Quite a few tournaments going on. The SEC men's tournament gets underway tomorrow. Auburn will play at eleven o'clock on Friday. Uh, we will run down the the bracket. Look at the games there early on. Love to hear from you as we're just getting underway here on the Tuesday Drive. Back in the Wow Business Studio. That's right. You can get two months free on super fast business internet when you switch to Wow. Details at switch to wowbusiness.com. Hour number one of the drive brought to you by our friends at Kia of Auburn on South College and Kia of Auburn.com. Kia of Auburn, where you're always number one, and the number to get you through is 334 321 1390. 
We also welcome your calls, questions, comments on the Kia of Auburn hotline. Um, yep. Uh, Kia of Auburn, where you're always number one. I, 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 I feel like I'm in a loop. I was going to say, you, you uh, also... Yeah. No, you can, you can also... I was going to say, they also provide the, the hotline. That's right. Kia of yes. Auburn, where, where you're always number one on South College. Love, love having them as part of the show. And you can text the show, 334-564-1840, the drive text box, presented by our friends at Southeastern Industrial Contractors. Uh, that is correct. So, yes, we're here in the studio. We welcome your calls. We'd love for you to join in. Man, there's, there's a lot going a on. A lot going on. Some, some NFL... Some, NFL time news, NFL right? news, absolutely. What, what do you think? I mean, is the the the, the Aaron Rodgers trade the or Ar- the Aaron Rodgers return or staying in Green Bay? The Aaron Rodgers contract was huge news. Yes, it was. I don't know if that was. I, yeah, I don't know if that was the sort of news we lead the show with because you also no. have you also have the SEC awards right. that were revealed that we can talk about with some uh, some big Auburn names represented. Yeah, the honors continue rolling in. You know, it started with USA Today with their SEC awards, and they have continued uh, the, the coaches, the awards from the SEC coaches, uh, and the same, the same ones. Bruce Pearl, Coach of the Year. Jabari Smith, Freshman of the Year. And Walker Kessler, Defensive Player of the Year. Jabari Smith and Walker Kessler were also named First to the SEC. All-conference. That's right, the, the all-conference team that was revealed earlier today, and uh, and and both uh, well-deserving, and, and Bruce Pearl winning his first SEC Coach of the Year award as an Auburn coach. He had, right. he had won the award previously at Tennessee twice, I, I believe. But uh, but no, the Aaron. It, it seems like the, both the Aaron Rodgers thing and even to an extent the SEC awards. I mean, take out take. A little bit of a backseat because one of the biggest stars in the NFL and a guy who doesn't seem to be approaching the end of his career, right? No, I don't I, think I wouldn't think so. It's one of the things that makes this so unusual. Is usually when you see a big name quarterback on the move like this, it's a it's a situation where he's near the twilight of his career, right? You think about Tom mm-hmm. Brady going from the Patriots to the Bucks or Peyton Manning going from the Colts to the Broncos. Even if they have success, both of those guys won Super Bowls with their new team, but it was towards the end of their career. Russell Wilson, who has been traded from Seattle to the Denver Broncos for a, a, an absolute... Uh, this is a pretty tre- good package. Yeah, a treasure trove yes. of players and picks from Denver. I mean, he, he got a, uh, yeah, I mean, a king's ransom, uh, you know, the, the Seahawks did, and deservedly so because they're giving up somebody who is on the short list of the NFL's best quarterbacks. Russell Wilson has accomplished virtually everything that a quarterback his age is expected to have accomplished, including winning a Super Bowl, and now he's going to a Denver Broncos team that many people think is a quarterback away from being a serious contender in the NFL, and if they're just a quarterback away, was I mean, yes. yeah, if, if they're just yeah, if they were a quarterback away, they went out and they got one of the best ones available, probably the best one available. And yeah, I didn't even know he was available. Exactly. But. I mean, there were there were rumors that he was unhappy. I mean, there's right. still, I mean, I suppose everybody's available. So let's just think like, but you don't. Yeah, this is the kind of deal that you go wow, right? When you see one and one like this, and it's reminiscent. I would remind people, it's reminiscent of a team last year who decided they were just a quarterback away, and they made a huge offer to the Detroit Lions for Matt Stafford, mm-hmm. and it ended with the Los Angeles Rams as Super Bowl, as Super Bowl champions. Right. So maybe that has inspired some more NFL teams to say, yeah, let's push all our chips in. If we can go get a superstar quarterback and help him lead our team, that's what Denver's trying to do, and they're bringing in Russell Wilson. Yep, so the uh, Broncos get Russell Wilson and a fourth-round draft pick. Uh, they give up quarterback Drew Locke, tight end Noah Fant, defensive lineman Shelby Harris, two first-round picks, two second-round picks, and a fifth-round pick. 
and a partridge and a pear tree. That's right. And you wonder if, I mean, Pete Carroll's 70 years old. I wonder if he's sticking out a rebuild in Seattle. Yeah, I wonder or if, about that, too. Or, or if there's, you know, if, if there's sort of an, an ending in sight. Maybe he thought that, uh, uh, that, that the Rams coach was going to take the Amazon job and he was going to be able to go to Los Angeles and, and coach the, coach the Super Bowl champion Rams instead. But yeah, Pete Carroll making a, a, a splash and you wonder, I mean, maybe Russell Wilson was as unhappy as a lot of people speculated on, or, or even even more unhappy than that, because you know Seattle is making what had to be a difficult decision to part with oh, somebody. Oh, no doubt. You know, I mean, a linchpin of your franchise, a quarterback who won you a Super Bowl, and still seemingly has a lot of football left in him. It's uh, yeah, it's 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 pretty uh, it's pretty shocking. Uh, yeah, the quarterback that I thought was. Uh the unhappy guy was Aaron Rodgers. Well, there's, there's, I mean, yes, I mean, among, among others, but yeah, Aaron Rodgers. I mean, but two hundred million dollars will make you much happier. Yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess Jeopardy is going to need to really come up with like a huge amount, you know, to to, to wow. top what Green yeah. Bay is giving them. And I mean, now you wonder if the first round pick from a couple of years ago, who, I mean, he's he's Jordan Love sitting there wondering if there's if there's any path to the field in Green Bay or if he's going to be. You know, the new Chase Daniel, right? Somebody who's a very well-paid backup quarterback. Or if an NFL team is thinking there's a bargain there because this is a guy who... That that, that would make a lot of sense. You know, if there's a team, you know, with some uncertainty at the quarterback position, let's look at, you know, Drew's beloved Pittsburgh Steelers, for instance, you know, with with Ben Roethlisberger on the outs. You know, do you look at Jordan Love, somebody who was a first-round pick a couple of years ago who hasn't played in the NFL yet because he's Aaron Rodgers' backup, do you look at him as somebody you could potentially go get at a cut rate because mm-hmm. Green Bay has all this money tied in Aaron Rodgers and it doesn't really make sense for them to be paying Jordan Love uh you know and any you know r- really much of anything to to be a backup right now and he might also be unhappy because his path to playing time is blocked for a first round pick so yeah a lot of quarterback news involving a couple of the biggest names in the NFL Aaron Rodgers signing the new contract a record breaking contract with the Packers to come back and Aaron and uh, Russell Wilson on the move from Seattle to the Denver Broncos. Yeah, so that's some uh, some big NFL news. Major League Baseball about to cancel another week. You know, it feels like they're getting closer though. I mean, well, but, they, it, but they've said if they if they don't reach yeah. a decision by the end of the day today, another week is gone. It seems like there's. I mean, the I don't know the exact numbers, but there is a there's a limit on games where. Teams are going to have to start refunding. Like NFL owners would have to start, not not NFL, the Major League Baseball organizations would have to start refunding the teams or the the, the companies that broadcast the games. Mm-hmm. Like you'd have to start refunding your local or regional uh, television affiliate. And I think that they're because they're they're contractually guaranteeing a certain number of games. And the longer this goes on, you no longer can honor your contract as far as the number of games you can provide. So I think the danger zone there would be under 140 games or so. That's when you start worrying about breaching your local television deals with the amount of games that you've you've promised to provide. So, I mean, I guess on that front, baseball does have some flexibility as far as we can cancel a certain number of games. They can also use the, the carrots of... Uh, full service time, a full year guaranteed for all the players, a full year of salary for all the players, things like that. Uh, but I don't think there's an appetite, just from what from, from what I see, you know, from the outside. I don't think there's an appetite to have a season much shorter than 130 games, even from the owners that really want to to drive a hard bargain with the players. So I wonder if over the next couple of weeks we might see something resembling compromise on a lot of the issues where right now they're far apart. I just, I, I 162 game season seems like it's not going to happen. No, I don't um, think so. 
But I, I, don't, I, think, I don't think so. Now, now, let me ask you. I mean, well, we can get into this in a little bit because there's some other news things I want to get to. But in a little while, I'll ask you about some of the some of the things that apparently are out there uh, that that I, I, I'm not a huge fan of the oversized bases. I'm not a huge fan of the just doing away with the shift. How about no. this? I'm with the players on, and I understand why. If the TV networks want it, and Major League Baseball wants it, because the TV networks want it, you're kind of fighting an uphill battle because. This is now a sport that hinges on revenue from the TV partners, like mm-hmm. all the sports. Right. I can understand why players don't want to play 162 games and then have a best of three deciding who advances to the championship series or, or the DS. And that's what, if you get to a 12-team, baseball wants elimination. TV networks want elimination games. They want game sevens. And if you have a best of three, you have an elimination game really early in the series. But Yeah, well, I mean, depends on how many teams are in it. I mean, if you're talking about, a, well, I think with a 14-team playoff, they want, they want best of threes early to start eliminating teams and getting to the, the five-game series and then the seven-game series in the CS. Well, then you're, you're going to have to then, then get used to less than 162 games is the way I, uh, the way I look at it. Right. I just think I of, think it's ridiculous. I don't, want, I, don't want November, I don't want November baseball. Well, there's that, too. I mean, there's the possibility of having to either shorten the regular season or extend, yeah, extend the World Series into November, which is, is mm-hmm. undesirable. But, no, I just think with the uh, – yeah, I, I, can, I can see the opposition to playing all these games and then going to a best of three. And I know right now you play the wild card, which is a one-game yeah. playoff to, to eliminate teams. But uh, I mean, Get over it. I and mean, that's, I, okay, so you're yeah you're in you're I, in the get over I, it camp. No, okay. I, I really have no problem. I mean, right. Why? I don't. Know, I kind of because baseball seems like a sport where you know you you play a three longer three is plenty. One is one is one can be ridiculous. You don't want three is fine. You're fine with the best of three. Okay, yeah, I'm okay. fine with the best. I was I was thinking maybe I mean, if, because you know, what what are you going to do if you start doing that? Let's go ahead and make the World Series best of eleven. Okay, I mean no, let's don't do that. Okay, I, mean, I just I like I like five and if seven. You're going to have seven for the. If you're going to have seven. For the series and the World Series, and, yeah. Well, for the for the World Series and the uh, League Championship Series, right? Then no, you're no. fine. You're fine with shorter yes. series to get to that. Okay, okay. Yeah. So we're we're on opposite camps there, but that's where that apparently is one point of distinction as far as how many teams are led into the playoffs and the format in the playoffs if you do that. And I think part of that is because that's one of the few things in this the players control because they have to sign off on an expanded postseason like this year. So they're using that as sort of leverage to get the owners to come to them on some other issues by saying, well, if you don't come with us on that, then we're just going to insist on a smaller postseason, which would mean less television revenue for the baseball teams because they want... A lo- as large a postseason as possible for their for their broadcast partners. Well, Major League Baseball is the uh, is, is the only sport that has less than. I mean, they they have the lowest percentage of teams in the postseason of any professional. You're sport. fine with it. I mean, the, and, and the expanded playoff has its benefits I, I, too. I don't it? mind. I don't mind if you expand it, but I don't. I don't need to have five plus game series. I think you have you, you have fewer. Uh, maybe you have fewer sellers at the trade deadline with an expanded playoff because more teams feel like they're in the hunt. Uh, but you also maybe have, I mean, I mean, you you also, I, I guess it's to increase competition. Like, there's the question of, do, does a larger postseason make better deals for the teams that are sellers because you'd have more buyers. Right. That's. I mean, I I think there are benefits to an expanded playoff as far as because everything from the player standpoint seems to be let's increase competition. Let's de let's let's make it to where you don't want to incentivize being a last place team and just collecting the television revenue and keeping your payroll low. You you want to try to win for uh you know for for the for various reasons, not just because this is a competition and this is a, a sport, but also because there there could be extra revenue in it for you. It could make business sense to try to win. And because if you're trying to win you'll you're more likely to try to retain your players and and pay market value for players and things like that. So uh, you know there there is a question of whether or not an expanded playoff 
increases competition or decreases competition because you make it easier to get into the postseason yeah, if, if you've if expanded it. It's an interesting argument. And I so wonder, if it's easier to get in, if you have more teams getting in, then why why stretch it out even more? That, that's a fair question, too, of, of why. Well, the reason is because, because they don't want a great, 162 game season to come down to a bad one Tough. or two game stretch, but that no, I, I see your point. Could be that could be the nature of the sport, especially especially when I mean, it's TV still ne- not one. It's not like if you if you only have one great pitcher, that's where that single game playoff is tough. I mean, you'll need you'll need three, you know, at least two really good starters. And, and you know, I understand too if the audience wants it. And the TV networks want it because the audience wants it, and baseball wants how, it because the much, TV. Network, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Well, I just want. I wonder how much the baseball audience is going to want it once we get into mid-October. I mean, that's well, that's. Well, that's no, the I thing. think wanting it as far as a an, a an elimination game as quickly as possible, right? Because it seems like those games do better in the ratings as yeah. far as when a team well, that's is. What when, I mean, you get them quicker than if you, you go on a best that, of three. That's, and that's why that's why the networks and ownership wants right. a best of three, and the players are you know sort of a little bit resistant to it. Yeah, well, but we they might love, lose. They might lose on this one though, because I think people want playoff games. Uh, we we love your thoughts. Anything you want to talk about sports wise? Couple of other though. We talked about some of the honors uh, from Auburn basketball. Um, how about Jabari Smith, a first team Sports Illustrated All American? Walker Kessler on the third team, Auburn's first first team All American in uh, quite quite a while. That's right. Did we mention who won some of the other SEC awards by the way? Oscar Shigwe who who we talked player about of the year. player of the year not not a huge surprise. A couple of uh, I don't have the first team in front of me but I, I know uh well, we can get we can get to that here I know, a little I know bit. Molinar Molinar won it. You know he he was on the uh, on the first team. Uh, Oscar was as well along with Jabari and uh, did Alabama have anybody on the did No, Shackover? not on the first team. Okay, second yeah. team. Shackelford was second team. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, let, let, uh, while we're talking about some honors, though, we mentioned uh, Auburn softball yesterday and Maddie Penta, the national player of the week after she went 6-0, and and she is now 13-0 and with a .97 earn run average. And three members of the uh, Auburn gymnastics team uh, honored by the SEC, Suni Lee, gymnast of the week, uh, Sophia Groth, freshman of the week, and Darian Goborn, co-specialist of the week, is Auburn with a uh, huge week last week, and they're they're on their way up to defending national champ Michigan this weekend. So, I mean, a lot of things going on uh, here as we're in spring break. But as I said yesterday, there's no spring break for the drive. Didn't mention Calvin Ridley either. I don't know if you talked about it uh, yesterday. We talked about that a little yesterday. I mean, that's unbelievable. Yes. The Calvin Ridley thing, you know, where he, he faces now a... Uh, an extended suspension from the NFL for gambling on games. It's a uh, yeah, sh- a shocking move and, and a real setback. Are we going to talk with Barrett or is he busy? Barrett is uh yeah, Barrett's out of town this week, so we'll just have Jake. Okay, well we'll, we'll talk with Barrett when Barrett is available about the uh, Calvin Ridley thing, the Falcons fan that we talk to on a on a regular basis. But yeah, shocking uh, shocking headline out of the NFL yesterday involving uh, the the former Alabama star mm-hmm. and now a Falcons wide receiver who uh, is going to be out of the uh, NFL for a, a, an extended period of time. Bill and Dan drew at the controls here on the Tuesday Drive. Again, we're wide open and will be until 5.30 when Jake Crane joins us. Uh, So we'd love to hear from you on the Tuesday Drive. 
Drive continues. 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 The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. Online at ESPNAU.com. And on Fox Sports Central Alabama at 98.3 FM in Birmingham and Sylacauga. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into The Drive, 22 minutes after 4 o'clock. One thing we didn't announce, didn't talk about when we were talking about all the awards. Well, the NCAA has awarded LSU with its letter notice of allegations. So, you know, people have been wondering, is anything ever going to happen to Will Wade and LSU basketball? We still don't know what could happen, but they've gotten the notice of allegations. And I am not gloating. I am not, you know, uh, taking any sort of victory lap here. But, Bill, when you say people have wondered if anything is going to happen, I feel like every time we get asked about this, I'm telling people that Bill Self, Will Wade, I used to put Sean Miller on that list, but he's not there anymore right. at Arizona. Those are the guys from everything I, I've heard about this NCAA wiretapping, the FBI wiretapping scandal. Those are the coaches that feel like eventually when all the facts are are made public and they've had their their day in court or their day in front of the the NCAA it it feels like it's going to be extremely difficult for them to continue in their current positions i've just i've maintained that will wade you know i i just i think his day is coming and maybe i'm wrong and he'll be able to beat this thing but i've thought all along lots that, of explaining to do yeah i've i've thought all along it's going to eventually be too difficult for will wade to to justify and lsu to to justify will wade's continued employment there and and ultimately i think it's a question of whether or not bill self retires before that happens as well at kansas and, and something either it's the ncaa pressuring kansas into uh, getting him out, or Bill Self deciding on his own, or the NCAA, uh, you know, taking even stronger action than that. But the the two coaches now that Sean Miller's no longer in the picture at Arizona, the two coaches that I've always thought came off, and Rick Pitino would be on this list as well, but but he was fired almost instantly, along with the AD. If you can remember back in 2017 when all this all this came out, that that crazy day uh, when we we found out about all this stuff, uh, the. The coaches serving in their current positions now that I've thought were always in the most tenuous position were Will Wade and Bill Self, and I'm not surprised to hear that this is ongoing with the NCAA and LSU uh, with regards to Will Wade's involvement in that scandal. 334-321-1390, that's the Kia of Auburn hotline. Let's get to it. And Terry's up first. Hey, Terry. Hey, Bill. Dan, welcome back, welcome back, bud. Thank you, Terry. I, I appreciate the uh, appreciate the welcome. Good to, good to have you back, um, guys. I heard Pat and I say one time in regards to the letter he's talking about LSU. It, well, it ain't a good sign. No, there's only no, coach I can say it. <laughs> so, uh, did I, Bill? Did I hear you say Russell Wilson got traded today? I haven't been out of loop lock part of the day. Yes. Uh, well, I mean, you know, the thing is, we, we have the story says they have agreed to the deal. I don't know that it has been officially. Released by the NFL, but everyone is reporting that yeah, he's going to be a Bronco. And that kind of like the uh, infamous player to be named later. Uh, no, they get no, they 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 get um, three players and four or five draft picks. And Dan, you were talking about the Packers with Jordan Love. If I'm the Packers, and I just signed Aaron, you know Aaron um, <laughs> Aaron Rodgers to that contract. 
I'd take uh, him and package him with some kind of draft pick, try to move up in the draft with maybe a team who's got two first-round picks. Yeah, I mean, I'm try, trying to do something. I mean, the question is, you know, what kind of market is there for Jordan Love, you know, if you try to drive a hard bargain right now? Because I think teams know, now that you've sort of signed Aaron Rodgers, you know, teams will know that you're in something of a position where you can you can unload Jordan Love because he's not in your plans for the next couple of years, seemingly. When you sign Aaron Rodgers to a $200 million deal, you know, I just right. I just wonder if it's going to be tough. It, it's going to be, I, yeah, I think it's going to be a little bit like when, uh, uh, when Arizona was trying to move on from Josh Rosen when they decided they were going to go with Kyler Murray. Like, once teams know that you they have the, you have a quarterback that isn't in your plans anytime soon you know they they're not really going to be in any sort of mood to to pay a premium for that quarterback they're going to try to you know to try to lowball you and you know, I, I wonder if green bay is just going to be able to take the best offer they can get because you know the jordan love thing was was a, an, an experiment you know or or an attempt uh, to to have some aaron rodgers insurance but you know, I mean, the guy, the guy shouldn't sit behind Aaron Rodgers for the first six, seven years of his NFL career. I mean, they probably should, uh, you know, try to get something for him now. And uh, even, even if that's less than what they, uh, the, the draft capital they used on him a couple of years ago. Well, I heard one of the NFL experts say there is a faction of people in the Cleveland area that want Marcus Mariota in Cleveland. Over Mayfield. Yeah, you know, I I think there could be some uh, some movement. Uh, you know, May, uh, Baker's uh, position seems also somewhat tenuous. You know, the way they finished uh, the season was was uninspiring. But at the same time, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I could see I could see Baker Mayfield getting another season in Cleveland before they uh, they they make that move. I mean, he's he's still young enough, and he's he has one. You know, he's won more playoff games than most of the uh, quarterbacks that have worn that uniform in the last 50 years. So I wouldn't... Well, Marcus, Marcus Merida has first-round value. Yeah, I mean... First-round draft pick. I don't know that he's a first-round quarterback, but he had first-round value. Yeah, I mean, but he was a first-round draft pick a decade ago, and it's, you know, I, I know what you mean. But, I mean, it, it's just, uh, I, I don't know. I mean, we'll, we'll see We'll see what happens there. I wouldn't be uh, I wouldn't be shocked. Anything else, Terry? No, Bill, I was going to ask Bill, Bill, did you say he got four players for, for him? Yeah, I think it was four players and three. And three, three players. You got players. Drew Locke. Um, that was going to be their quarterback of the future, right? Yeah, was. <laughs> uh, let's see. Let me let me let me find all the names. All right. Yeah. Okay. It's two first round picks, two second round picks, a fifth round pick. Uh, Drew, Drew Locke, Locke. Yeah. Noah Fant and Shelby Harris. So three picks and five. Uh, three five picks and three players. Yep. And, and where does where does Seattle go now? Uh, uh, to the rebuild. I mean, yeah, I imagine. No I mean, they don't, they don't have Russell Wilson anymore. I mean, maybe they didn't think they were in a position to contend anyway, anytime right. soon, and that's why you you unload Russell Wilson and try to speed up the rebuild. But I would imagine, uh, I would imagine Seattle now becomes one of the teams looking to draft a quarterback, uh, maybe even this year, in, in, you know, early in the NFL draft. I mean, maybe it's uh, um, maybe it, it could be you know one of the quarterbacks you hear about, the Pittsburgh guy or Malik Willis or Matt Corral. You know, maybe one of those guys is in the picture sure. uh, in Seattle. Great stuff, Terry. Appreciate it. Take care, guys. We need to get to our bottom of the hour break. Just underway, though. Quarter of the way done here on the Tuesday Drive.
churn up some more yardage on The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. And online at ESPNAU.com. And on Fox Sports Central Alabama at 98.3 FM in Birmingham and Sylacauga. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive here on this Tuesday afternoon. Bill and Dan, Drew at the controls here in the WOW Business Studio, taking your calls, questions, comments as we uh, watch a little of the ACC tournament. Yeah, we don't have the U. You, you wanted to. You, I think Gonzaga's the on the Zags are playing I, now. The Zags, I believe, are on the ropes in that, uh, in that crazy bracket in the. Uh, the, in the one where the, they never play? That's right. I believe the Zags are. Uh, uh, the, the Zags were. were what on. happens? I mean, I, you know, you get, you get too rusty. Get rusty, huh? That's right. So I mean, so I was I was looking around to see what's on uh what, what's on ESPN. It's the, the Zags women, by the way, were, were on the ropes with the uh, with 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 BYU. They're they're both, both yeah. um, among the nation's top teams. The, the Zags men don't play because of that crazy bracket, like we were saying. The Zags men don't play for for several days. Brian wrote about that in the yeah uh, in his in his views. Now here's here's what I disagree and he, with. And he, though. Caught, he caught a lot of flack from well, some people. Here, here's what I disagree with 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 Brian. I I actually think, and this is going to sound like sour grapes because my team lost a conference tournament yesterday. Um. I think that conference tournaments are great. I don't know if the conference tournament champion should necessarily be the automatic bid to the tournament because isn't it isn't it no, more? Meaningful? I think the regular season and I and and we'll talk to Sonny about this. Yeah, uh, I'm glad I, I'm not crazy here. I, no, I think your regular season champ should get the automatic bid. I think a tournament. I mean, it's it's much longer grind. It's sort of like you're talking about the players. In Major League Baseball, not being thrilled with a three-game playoff after you played 162, uh, look, why, why not? Why not reward your regular season champs? And if somebody else makes a run, that could give them a shot. But yeah, I, I don't like it for the for the one bid leagues uh, where where the the regular season champ is is bumped. Right, and I'm not just saying this because Troy went 13 and two and then lost in the conference tournament, so they're not going to be the NCAA representative from from the Sun Belt. But I I do think that maybe it should be, especially when the format has you know when the tournament bracket has such a wacky format, you know may, maybe give your conference's automatic bid to your regular season champion and let the tournament be a way for everyone else to bolster their resume. Right? Maybe you're not going to get the automatic bid, but if you win this tournament, maybe that could be the difference between making it and not making it on the bubble. Like maybe the tournament can be the way you become a two bid league, you know, because you can have a team uh, that that mm-hmm. wouldn't have made it. Oh yeah. You know, the, the the second place team in your conference wouldn't have made the NCAA tournament, but they go and they win the tournament and that makes them an at large team. You know, that convinces But see uh, that keeps you from putting I mean, I guess the the argument against it is wow, then you then then there's no there's no incentive for the team that has had that terrible year to make a run and get into the tournament and automatically put them into the tournament. Where you see, you know, a fifteen and sixteen uh, team that that makes the tournament, which we see, you know, it's here's, not that rare. Here's my thing, though. I think you can still be you can still be excited if you're a last place team in a conference. You can still be excited about a conference tournament championship, even if it doesn't get you to the NCAA tournament. Like, Probably I still think, not as excited. Maybe not as excited, but that you know what that just makes the regular season championship mean more. 
doesn't it? I mean, if, if, it, if it guarantees you a spot in the NCAA tournament, what you're taking away from the conference tournament, you are giving to the regular season champion. And if anything, you're putting more emphasis on the pennant race. If we're going to use baseball metaphors, you know, you're going to, you're going to say uh, the, the team that wins the regular season doesn't just win the regular season and gets to host a, you know, get, gets to hang a banner for that. They also guarantee themselves a spot in the NCAA tournament. Again, I'm not saying this because Troy uh, was the regular season champion in the Sun Belt and they didn't win the tournament yesterday. But uh, I do think that, um, you know, especially if you're going to, the, the, the Sun Belt tournament format is great. And, uh, and, and I was saying earlier today, Bill, you know, even if you've, even if you don't necessarily have a Sun Belt team, to root for, like I would encourage people to check out the tournament in Pensacola. The Pensacola Bay Center is right downtown. They had a shuttle going between uh, the Pensacola Bay Center and different uh, mm-hmm. uh, different spots downtown. Pensacola has <laughs> great public transport. I took a bus from the arena uh, to my hotel. It cost about a dollar. Oh yeah, uh, from, from the from the city uh, the city transport. So I mean, they, they you know, yeah, because the hotel wasn't right there in, no, at the Bay Center. No, but it's on it's on one of the it's, it was on one of the, uh, the the Escambia County routes. So it was I mean it was it cost me a, a dollar and took about a, a half hour to get you know from from the bus to the but it was great you know so I mean the the, the tournament's wonderful and yeah I would encourage you to check it out if you haven't been to Pensacola in a while and, and, and you want to go uh, next year. But uh, no, I'm, I think uh, yeah, may, maybe conference tournaments, especially in some of the smaller leagues, you know, maybe rethink uh, who, who gets the uh, who gets the automatic bid. This isn't a this isn't a rule, is it? Right? Like conferences can decide who gets the automatic bid. Like it's up to it's up to it's up to the conference, isn't it? it doesn't have to be. No, I don't think so. It has to be your tournament champion. I think so. Is that the rule? Okay, I, I, I think, thought it was. I think if there is a tournament, that's the that's the that's interesting. The automatic bid. So you can't do like a consolation no, tournament so. and give your champion. Well, okay, because uh, I know tournaments used to or conferences used to not have tournaments, right? The Ivy for a while didn't have a uh, didn't have a conference tournament. And they would just give the uh, they'd give the berth to their regular season champion. And I know some other leagues, uh, you know, sort of sort of followed that model, but. Tough to turn down the television money, right? For for a uh, again, like like the baseball negotiation. Tough to turn that down when uh, the you know that's yeah, that's the, where that that that's where your bread is buttered. You're right. Uh, and and yeah, by the way, uh, the Zags men do play. They've got St. Mary's. They 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 play St. Mary's again tonight. That's it tonight, tonight. Yeah. Uh, that's why I was thinking. Oh wow, is it already? I thought it was this evening. You're right. The uh, uh, Gonzaga women were playing BYU in the uh, championship in the finals. And uh, and and on the men's side, Gonzaga and St. Mary's play tonight at seven. Right, and they're in. Uh, I think Vegas is you know seems like one of the yeah. coolest. That seems like one of the coolest places to be this time of year too, because so many different conferences. I think there's three or four different conference tournaments going on at different Las Vegas arenas, and like that just seems like it would be a uh, you know just, just bouncing back and forth between. I think the the, the WAC and the uh, and, and and the West Coast. I think the Pac-12. Still, uh, still doing it at the at T-Mobile as well. So I mean, that's just a uh, uh, yeah, a great wow. a great city for big events, and uh, yeah, to have a bunch of different conference tournaments going on at the same time. Maybe uh, maybe do the SEC one out there. You know, <laughs> bring 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 the SEC, or I guess Tampa could be like maybe New Orleans or Tampa, right? Should should follow the model and host several conference tournaments at once, and just bring yeah. a whole bunch. I mean, I, I could see that being a blast for... You'd need a city that could they could do... Atlanta maybe could do it. You know, several mm-hmm. several high-caliber arenas all at once. Um, we were talking off the air with the weather these next couple of days. Tampa's sounding better and better. Yeah, you're, not, I mean, you're I, not kidding. It's better and colder. Yeah. I mean, it's not going to get cold until the weekend. It's going to still just be wet and... 60s and stuff like that but this weekend it's going to be cold 
Right. I, I imagine there's Not already great baseball weather for your final weekend before conference. There's play. there's already going to be a pretty healthy Auburn contingent uh, in yep. in Tampa for the uh, for the SEC tournament later this week. But yeah, with these with these temperatures here in town and the fact that you know the high is 85. The next couple of days down in the Tampa Bay area, like I, I wonder if you could see uh, more Auburn fans being convinced uh, to uh, make the trip to the SEC tournament these next couple of days. Because yeah, it should be a uh, should be a good one. Auburn looking to become, correct me if I'm wrong here, Bill, the only Auburn team to ever win oh, the regular season right. and conference tournament in the same year. Yeah, Auburn has never. Auburn, has, Auburn never, has only won two conference tournaments. And this is their fourth SEC regular season title, and none of the first three were in the same year that they won the conference. They weren't. Yeah, they, the, the the two previous conference tournament championships were not in years no. where Auburn was the one seed. Nineteen eighty five and twenty nineteen. Right? right, Auburn was not the one seed in either of those years. Right. And if Auburn were to do it this year as the one seed, they would be. Uh, uh, they they would do something that no Auburn team in school mm-hmm. history has ever done. And when you think about how long they've been playing the SEC conference tournament, how long Auburn's been playing SEC basketball, they talk about making. In history a lot that's the that's written on the you know on, on the yep. wall of the locker room for Bruce Pearl's team they have a chance to do that in Tampa uh, if they can take their SEC regular season championship and combine it with an SEC tournament championship right Bruce Pearl was asked about that today in his uh, uh, press conference before the Tigers practiced and then uh, get ready to head down to Tampa we mentioned earlier the uh, SEC honors um, the the Southeastern Conference today announcing its coaches postseason awards and Bruce Pearl, the SEC coach of the year, Oscar Shibway of Kentucky, the player of the year, Jordan Wright of Vandy, the scholar athlete of the year, Jabari Smith, freshman of the year, Walker Kessler, defensive player of the year, Tari Eason of LSU, sixth man of the year. Here are your um, postseason all SEC teams, nine players on the first team, two each from Arkansas and Auburn, JT, uh, J.D. Note and Jalen Williams of Arkansas, Jabari Smith and Walker Kessler of Auburn, Oscar Shibway of Kentucky, Tari Eason of LSU, Iverson Molinar of Mississippi State, Santiago Viscovi of Tennessee, and Scotty Pippen Jr. Those are your first team all-conference players. On the second team, Jaden Shackelford of Alabama, Colin Castleton of Florida, Ty Ty Washington and Severe Wheeler of Kentucky, Darius Days of LSU, Kobe Brown of Missouri, Kennedy Chandler of Tennessee, and Quentin Jackson of Texas A&M. The all-freshman team, you got Charles Bediaco of Alabama, J.D. Davison also from Alabama, Jabari Smith from Auburn, Ty Ty Washington from Kentucky, Brandon Murray from LSU, Devin Carter from South Carolina, Kennedy Chandler from Tennessee, and Zakai Ziegler also from Tennessee. The all-defensive team, five players named Keon Ellis from Alabama, Jalen Williams from Arkansas, Walker Kessler from Auburn, Oscar Shigwe from Kentucky, and Zakai Ziegler from Tennessee. We mentioned the individual awards. Any surprises from the first team or the second team, Bill? Um, I don't know that. <clears throat> I don't know if there are a lot of surprises from the first or second team. Since you had seventeen players there, uh, I mean, is there anybody that that you really felt should have been a a first or second teamer? That didn't make of, it? of the second teamers, Shackelford and Castleton seemed like the guys that I probably would have assumed 
uh, they they might have found a spot for. But you got to bump somebody from the uh, from the first team. I mean, Tari Eason comes to mind because he spent so much of the year coming off the bench that he won the Sixth Man of the Year award. Yeah, and he's the first. That's true. And that's, he's still that, that still is pretty interesting. Still finds a way to be he's the first. That good of a sixth man. Apparently, the other five guys on LSU were so great that the uh, that one of the one of the eight best players well, in the I league. Mean, well, uh, that's sort of like Wendell Green, though, is a guy that comes off the bench for Auburn. Sure, I'm not no, playing more minutes. I mean, I, I wouldn't. I guess you guess you you know Wendell Green would be a sixth man. I, I'll tell you a guy that's a little bit of a surprise. Muscovy. No, that's not there. Is our guy Zepp Jasper not on the all defensive team? Yeah, we kind of thought... Ziegler is really the the defensive guard. I mean, Keon Ellis is a wing, but I mean, the only guard on the all defensive team is a freshman Zakai Ziegler. Yeah, I would have loved, uh, I would have loved Zepp Jasper to find a spot on that team. Can't really oppose. Um, I'm not, not arguing with any of the selections there on the all defensive team. They picked five guys that have been playing great defense all year, especially. If you're going to have in, nine guys on your first team all conference, you could have six on your defensive team. I agree. I wouldn't mind seeing a little bit of consistency. Well, if you're going to have uh, eight on the all-freshman team. Right? I mean, we well, had nine on the first team, eight on the second team, eight on the freshman team. Only five. There are only five good defenders in this league. I'm wondering I'm wondering if they were going to have eight on the first team and there was a tie. Uh, which, probably. Which would maybe probably because it, it usually is eight. To put to put the ninth one in there. And, and, you know, since we're talking about it, I don't know if I would have been opposed to Shackelford over Viscovi. On the first team, like if you wanted to take Shackelford, and, and I mean, Viscovi's yeah, I having a good season. Yes, I mean Shackelford has been, you know, hot and cold. He has been, uh, you know, he's had some terrible games. He's had some great games. Right, and I mean, but most of the guys I would agree with. Yeah, I mean, Pippen's not going anywhere. Note. Uh, Williams, Kessler, Smith. Love seeing Walker on the first team. Kind of knew Jabari was going to make it, but uh, interesting that they uh, they found room for uh, for yeah a guy who uh, was was just a dominant force around the basket this year in conference play. Yeah, great to see both uh, Jabari and Walker represented on that first mm-hmm. team. And and yeah, for a Bruce, I mean Bruce Pearl's not really known for dominant play in the front court. You know, when you think about the best Bruce Pearl well, teams ever, uh, you know that that's that's not necessarily something, especially with guys this size uh, that 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 he's uh, he's he's had before. Uh, but it's working this year. He he, was, he won the regular season, might win the conference tournament, and he's got two forwards on the SEC first team. Yeah, and, and sometimes we get a chance. We'll let you hear some of Bruce's comments because he talked about that too. <clears throat> he mentioned that you know many times um, there are there are great guards. And a lot of teams have very good guards, but only a few teams have a great front court. And this year, Auburn had the best front court in the SEC and one of the best front courts in the nation. He said it's generally the Blue Bloods that have the great front courts. Uh, It's a lot easier to recruit guards because there are a lot more guards than there are outstanding Big man. And when you can develop a reputation as somebody who can send a forward to the NBA, if you're somebody, you know, if you become a destination for high level uh, forwards and centers coming out of high school, that changes the fortune of it your program. It really does. That, that's how you become the blue blood mm-hmm. that people are talking about Auburn becoming. That's how you, you know, if you can build a pipeline of lottery pick forwards, that's what they do at Kentucky. That's what they do at Duke. That's what they do at Michigan State. Like the places that go to the Final Four every year and have an incredible list of current NBA players, that's what those schools have in common. And if Jabari Smith and Walker Kessler can join the list, because you also you have Chuma Okiki and Isaac Okoro playing forward in the NFL right now, if, if they can join the list, and JT Thor, 
uh, who's, who's made some appearances in the NBA this year. If you can, if you can have, uh, uh, if you can have Walker and Jabari join that list, and, and maybe somebody comes there next year. And, and keep in mind, it's not just out of high school. I mean, you, you could all. I mean, Walker Kessler's a transfer, right? And, and look at look at the improvement of Walker from last year to this year. Yeah, I mean, I, I could just see it. I, I could see uh, a. This could have a, a an effect that resonates, you know, through through many more seasons to come. If Auburn suddenly becomes a destination for, and maybe it's not all that sudden because it's happened with with Chuma and Isaac as well. Uh, and and keep in mind, Austin Wiley was a guy that a lot of people coming out of high school, right, Bill, thought was. Uh, was was destined for that sort of NBA greatness as well, um, and Mustafa Heron as well. If you want to throw, I mean, they're, they're, and Auburn's been getting high quality forwards there for a while. If Auburn can continue uh, to to bring in those you know players with that kind of ceiling, uh, yeah, there, there's no reason to think this uh, this success will end anytime soon. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. We need to get to our final break of hour number one. Love for you to join us here on the Tuesday Drive. Now, more of The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com and on Fox Sports Central Alabama at 98.3 FM in Birmingham and Sylacauga. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502 or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive. Final few minutes here of hour number one, Bill and Dan. Uh, we're yeah, we've got so much going on, and we're we're less than a week away from the start of spring football practice. That gets started. Hey, it'll feel like football season maybe at the start of practice next Monday. The way we're talking about the weather this weekend. That's right. Some busy uh, some busy days coming up with the uh, with the start of spring practice. The NCAA tournament fail a field is going to be revealed on on Sunday. I mean, and really Monday there'll be so much to be talking about as we're looking at where Auburn is headed. Uh, looking, you know, every, everybody getting their brackets ready. And then the start of spring football. Yeah, one of the best days of the year. The uh, the, the 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 couple, you know, the, the Thursday and Thursday, the Friday. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday is just unbelievable. Yeah, the, the Thursday that begins the NCAA tournament. Those first four days are just a blast. I know it was kind of thrown off. It. Was it last year they threw it off and had it on like Friday through Monday yes, or something? Yes, I, I want it Thursday through Sunday. See. That's the way it should be. Where you start at eleven in the morning and you're going to midnight. Right. I think we're back to the regular format this year, and we'll we'll be back with. Uh, uh, with the play-in games and then the uh, and Thursday morning uh, and, and yeah, I mean, look, looking forward to that next week with uh, with, with yeah the, the the brackets and, uh, and yes, the first four, not the play-in games, whatever the first, the first yeah, round. I, like I know that. the first the first round of the first NCAA round, tournament. Yeah. Uh, so so yeah, starts Tuesday. Whatever. So anyways, it's uh, yeah, really looking forward to uh, to next week. It's one of the best times of the year, and uh, and yeah, this is this feels like a pretty wide open field, even though, I mean. I mean, why why not Auburn, right? I mean, yeah, absolutely. Of, I mean, this is this is a. I mean, in a year where there's not a there's not one team no. that stands out as the superpower that you know is is clearly better than everyone else in college basketball. You know, Auburn could uh, Auburn could absolutely get hot and make a run. Fortunately, there are a lot of other teams you could yeah, say that about too in this field. Definitely, I would say there's probably a half dozen. That that could do that, and look and out. There's going to be one. There's going to be somebody who's not in that half dozen who's going to make a deep would, run. Would you say there are uh, how many teams in the SEC? Would you say that about how many SEC teams? Would you say like don't be surprised could make if, a deep run without without knowing what the bracket looks like because a lot of it depends on matchups. But r- right now, a couple of days out, 
how many teams in the SEC strike you as? Yeah, don't be surprised at all if they're still around second weekend, and oh. maybe maybe if they're you know if things go right second weekend, they could you know they they could throw some punches. There could be at least six around on the second weekend, right? I I don't I don't disagree with you too much. LSU seems like a team that. You know, they, they would need to get it together. They would. They need to be a little better offensively. Defensively, they're fine. And they're going to be as talented as some of the teams with yep. better seeds that didn't play LSU's schedule and didn't have to uh, try to survive in the SEC this year. And absolutely, I mean, if LSU's sitting there as a 6 or a 7, I haven't looked at the seeding lately, but if LSU's sitting there as, as a team that you're going to have to deal with to get to the round of, of 16, you know, if they're your opponent in the round of 32... They're, you know, if you're a top seed, they're, they're a little better than what you signed up for. You know, you're if you're right, a two you're seed, right about that. You, you shouldn't have LSU standing your way of the, of the Sweet 16, and, 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 you, and you might. And that's another thing Bruce Pearl was talking about today. The SEC tournament, nowhere else are you going to see an 8-9 seed like Auburn's going to see on Friday. Florida and Texas A&M are better than anybody else's 8-9 by a long shot. We're halfway done here on the Tuesday Drive. Jake Crane joins us at the bottom of the hour, but we're wide open until then. So come on in and join us. Sports Leader ESPN 1067, a broadcast service of Auburn Network Incorporated. Live from Auburn, the sports capital of Alabama, this is The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com and on Fox Sports Central Alabama at 98.3 FM in Birmingham and Sylacauga. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502 or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome into hour number two of the Tuesday Drive. A rainy, chilly Tuesday here in Auburn. Uh, it's spring break, though, as a lot of the uh, you know the schools aren't in session. Hopefully, you're enjoying the time off. If you know if you are on spring break, uh, we welcome you into hour number two. Bill, Dan, and Drew. Here in the Wow Business Studio. That's right. You can get two months free on super fast business internet when you switch to Wow. Details at switchtowowbusiness.com. Hour number two of the drive brought to you by the good folks at the Orthopedic Clinic, East Alabama's go to center for orthopedic care with locations in Auburn and Opelika on the web at orthoclinic.com. And we welcome your calls, questions, comments on the Kia of Auburn hotline, Kia of Auburn, where you're always number one. And the number to get you through is 334-321-1390. You can also text the show, 334-564-1840, on the Drive text box, presented by our friends at Southeastern Industrial Contractors. Shout out to Derek and everybody at Southeastern Industrial mm-hmm. Contractors. They also present the podcast, which you can find uh, wherever you listen to your podcast by searching for The Drive with Bill Cameron. As we get started here in hour number two, a conference tournament basketball going on all across the country. The SEC will get started tomorrow. Auburn uh, with a double bye. They don't play until 11 o'clock on Friday. Who do you think Auburn's going to play? Florida or a um, 
I really don't. Hard know. to say, right? I Flo- really don't. Is know. Florida still? I, sh- if, I should probably check the if, bubble if watch. Florida shoots it like you know they don't have to shoot it like they did against Auburn, but if they shoot it all right, I think that's going to be a low scoring game. Florida, Texas A and M. Uh, I, th- I think Auburn. I think Auburn fans would like to see Florida to go ahead and you know start the revenge tour if they can. Um, but I, I wouldn't be surprised at at either team. Buzz. I, th- I think is an outstanding coach. So Jerry Palm, uh, who I think does a really good job with this, I know a yep. lot of a lot of people are Joe Lenardi folks. I've, you know, Jerry Jerry Palm's been doing this a real long time. They both do a good job, and they're both usually pretty good about. It. Especially by the time Selection Sunday rolls around, they're pretty good about figuring out who's going to actually end up in the field. Jerry Palm, this is the week where everything's up for grabs because things mm-hmm. can change so much with what you do in the conference tournament and how that can impact your resume. Jerry Palm has both. Uh, Florida and uh, uh, A&M still on his bubble. He's got A&M very low on the bubble. They have a lot of work to do. Right. I, they, think. I think, well, Bruce talked about that, too, about what those teams may need. So, uh, so yeah, they, they, they need to, to win a couple of games, which would include beating Auburn. Right. I think that if A&M could get wins <laughs> over Florida and Auburn. That would be, that would, that, that would go a long way to moving them inside the bubble. Right, especially for a team that's already 20 and 11 and a team that yep. already has a net ranking in the top 60, which where I mean that that's where you if you're a bubble if you're a bubble team you don't want to be further back than that. No. You know, if you're if you're on the if you're in the 60s or 70s, you're asking the tournament committee to make kind of a special exception for you, uh putting you in the bubble, there need to be extenuating circumstances. I don't think there really are with uh with A&M in this case, you know, they they would need to uh if if A&M were to beat Florida and Auburn, they're probably in. So, I mean, I think that the question, it's dangerous for Auburn because like some of the road games that we were talking about earlier in the season, Bill, like if you don't want to be playing a game that your opponent needs a lot more than you do, and Auburn on Friday could be playing a game where for either Florida or Texas A&M. Oh, probably will. It's, probably the di- will. it's the difference between making the NCAA tournament or not making the NCAA tournament. That doesn't mean Auburn's going to lose because Auburn uh, beat Texas A&M and, uh, and, and they, you know, that Florida Auburn game was... would probably prefer... I mean, it's funny. I think fans would prefer to play Florida. Auburn, Bruce might prefer to play A&M just because there'll be more Florida, there, there would be more Florida fans that that would be there. I, there I, I don't know. There will be a you know I think there will be a significant Florida contingent. Tampa is a uh, is is a Gator town, but mm-hmm. at the same time, um, you know you you wonder if I mean, you don't really focus on motivation and things like that in the in the conference tournament. But now, hey, that's your first game in the conference tournament. Hopefully, hopefully you're you're ready to go. And and uh, you know we we've talked a little bit about Bruce Pearl's press conference. He talked about how they have practiced as well. So while we've got a chance, don't have any calls, we're going to let you hear. Um, as much as we can, of Bruce Pearl's time with the media today. Okay, guys, good? You guys hear me? Good. Okay, thank you. All right. Uh, first off, um, very happy for Jabari and Walker um, to be uh, recognized as the first team. Uh, Jabari getting freshman of the year. Walker did defensive player of the year. Um you know, I think when the season started, you could anticipate that the, the, these awards were absolutely within uh, Jabari's reach. Um, um, you know, sometimes it's very difficult to live up to high expectations. Um, and that could almost be more challenging. Um, 
And regardless of how high the expectations have been for Jabari Smith this year, he's lived up to all of them and then some. That is really, really hard to do. And uh, his maturity, his competitiveness, um, his basketball IQ, his love of the game, his work ethic, his discipline, um, the impact that he's had on our team and our program is historic. Um, I don't think there's any player in college basketball that has come farther in a year than Walker Kessler. Um, he is the best player in college basketball in the air uh, on both ends, offensively and defensively. Um, has tremendous impact on the game. Um, I think he's, uh, 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 in my mind, a favorite to be the National Defensive Player of the Year. Um, and, and, and Walker's M.O. was a big guy that could stretch the defense. Um, and, but it never was that he was, um, um, a, a, a great defender. Uh, one of the issues regarding Walker's decision to come to Auburn and a concern, a concern, but I suppose it was a thought was, do we play too fast? Are we a guards team? Um, we've always been a guards program. And the reason is, and it's easier to recruit good guards than it is to recruit big guys. It's hard. There, there, there are many, many more good guards than there are good bigs. And so that's why Kentucky and your Blue Bloods have always had great programs because everybody's got really good guards. It's just that those programs, the Blue Bloods, are the only ones with the great bigs, except this year. Auburn was the team that had the best front line. Uh, or arguably one of the best front lines in college basketball in in in, in our league. Um, so I'm very proud of Walker for 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 getting for taking advantage of the opportunity. Um, they're both such great teammates and great people, incredibly hard workers, incredibly disciplined, um, and and so easy to coach. Um, so, and then uh, on our Coach of the Year award uh, for our staff, it's a uh, it's a, a job well done. Um, just to think of the eight, you go back and look at these 18 games, and there's just a lot of wins you could take for granted, both home and the road. Um, unless you go back and look at the quality of our league, and you better not take any of them for granted. Um, but I think, the, I think again, the player development, you know, Jabari going from where he was when he first got here, taking advantage of, you know, of, of our of our our strength coach, our trainer, our assistant coaches, the player development, the film study. Jabari's improved. Walker's improved. Our team has improved. Um, and and obviously we were champions. So I think those are all things and, and we were consistent. And I think those are the things that uh, um, have been recognized. And so grateful to our coaches in the league uh, and honored. For that, um, for that recognition, um, you know, it's uh, it's almost. There's not another eight nine game in college basketball anywhere near the caliber of the eight nine game between A and M and Florida. Not even close. Um. Both of these teams are probably a win or two away from being in a tournament, particularly a win against us. Um, so they'll both be playing with their hair on fire, whichever one gets there. Um, both really well coached. Um, 
we played very well at home against both teams um, and struggled at Florida. So regardless of who comes out of this one, uh, it'll be uh, it'll be it'll be a, a, a really challenging um, contest. All right, coach. We're going to start you off with a question from Justin Hokinson. Hey, Bruce. Yeah, I was going to ask you about the SEC. I mean, obviously, it's it's impressive that that uh, you had the awards and coach of the year and had the season you guys had in in the SEC as good as it was this year. Um, and you have especially that log jam in the middle of nine and nine teams. How, how many teams do you think should be in the NCAA tournament from from the SEC in your mind? I think a lot is going to depend on on how the tournament plays out. Um, and then, of course, how many upsets, you know, there are around college basketball, um, you know, but I, I think I think there are six locks and there are, you know, potential for seven or eight teams uh, to be able to get in. And uh, this is the best league has been since I've been in the league. But a Tom Green. Jabari just living up and exceeding all those expectations throughout the year. Um, but what does it say about him these last three weeks to kind of you know, be playing his best basketball heading into the postseason? Well, I think it just shows the player development. Um, I think it just it shows that when everybody's challenged, as you are at the end of the year, your cream will rise to the top. It does. It does in in, in tournament time. It, it just does. Um. And there's a, I'm just telling you, there's a reason for that expression. Um, you know, just, it says, it, it says, uh, I understand that you're challenged at all five positions. Um, and so therefore, when, the, when these games matter the most, like they do down the stretch, your best players have got to, have got to uh, have the best opportunity to step up and win their matchup. See, Jabari wins his matchup every night. And the rest of our guys win it often enough for us to be 15-3, and three, but don't win it every night. But that's what the, that's what the best players do. We'll go to Mark Murphy. Yeah, Bruce, one of your big themes this year has been making history. Uh, if you guys win the league tournament, you'll be the first in program history to do both. Talk about that challenge and uh, how's your team this week mentally and physically getting ready for it? We had a, we had a really good practice yesterday. Uh, today will be a contact practice. Um, and um, we'll back it down Wednesday with some travel and then uh, practice in Tampa on Thursday and play it Friday. So um, everybody's been great. Um, and um, we're on break right now. Our kids are on spring break, so they're able to focus on their basketball and their bodies and their rest and their recovery and their rehab. And the history theme for you about making history with potentially winning both, something never been done at Auburn. Um, that would be great. Um, and... Um, I suppose at this time of the year, for sure, um, we'd like to just really be just continue to try to be playing our best. Can we be better in the half court? 
Can we continue to shoot the ball well like we have the last couple games? Can we cut down on our turnovers? Um, and, um, you know, it's, 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 it's uh, you really do take it, you really truly take it one game at a time. So, you know, for me right now, knowing our next game is either A&M or Florida, more than the tournament championship, that's really my focus. You guys have been with me long enough to believe that. I'm just focused on this next opponent. All right, Justin Ferguson. Bruce, what's it like preparing for this tournament when you don't know who the team's going, you're going to play until less than 24 hours beforehand, and then, you know, there's a two more games you could play and there's a wide range of teams you could do. Like, how does that work for scouting and prep and all that? It's very, it's, 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 you know, we have three teams of scouts and, um, and so our, you know, right now I'm working on A&M and Florida and there's a group working on Arkansas and LSU and, and um, we probably won't look at the other side of the bracket until Saturday afternoon, if we're able to advance. Um, so, um, and you've got to be able to train like you've got three games in three days, even though you only may have one game this week. Um, so we'll go hard today, and then we will back it down, um, uh, you know, for a couple of days and order to uh, put ourselves in position if we are fortunate enough to play three games in three days. Bruce Pearl spending some time with the media earlier, and, yeah, he was he went on and talked a little bit about how difficult, uh, you know, it is sometimes to – Work as much as you need, but but rest as much. Um, Walker Kessler had said a little earlier that his shoulder feels fine. That's really good news for Auburn as the Tigers get ready for the winner of Florida and Texas A&M at 11 o'clock on Friday. We'll get to our first break of hour number two. Mitch, hang on. You're up when we come back here on the Tuesday Drive. Let's get back to the drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com and on Fox Sports Central Alabama at 98.3 FM in Birmingham and Sylacauga. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502 or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive, 19 minutes after 5 o'clock here on this Tuesday afternoon. Let's get to the Kia of Auburn hotline, 334-321-1390. And Mitch is up first. Hey, Mitch. Hey, guys. Uh, is uh, 106.7 going to carry any uh, SEC tournament games? I, you know, I can, I can check on that as far as the uh, the upcoming slate of ESPN's ESPN radio coverage of the of, of the SEC tournament. I don't have that info uh, right in front of me. Let me check on uh, our buddy Riley. I think we're carrying a lot of ACC action on uh, on ESPN 106.7. I think that ESPN radio's national broadcasts are going to be more uh, ACC and Big Twelve uh, related than, uh, than than SEC related. So the answer is no. Uh, but you can hear Duke, uh, and and you'll be able to hear a lot of uh, championship weekend and conference tournament action right here on ESPN 106.7. Okay, it's just because I, I drive a lot uh, in my job, and, you know, it'd be kind of nice to listen to some SEC tournament stuff, especially that, you know, uh, after the first night there, you know, during the work day. So I was just asking. Um, uh, next thing, um, I was uh, I read Brian Matthews' Monday Musings, and, and, and I agree with him in that West Coast Conference tournament. I think it's ridiculous. A, a three-game buy, and you're automatically in the semis. But I'm curious, 
uh, Bill, you com- you commented that uh, he got, I guess, some some blowback from his stance on that. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people, you know, a lot of people feel like, well, you know, if you're that good, why shouldn't you get? buys uh, deep deep end attorneys up the only the only thing i disagreed with was taking the automatic bid away from the league because he seemed to phrase it as a conference right. that does that shouldn't have any representation in the ncaa tournament guaranteed and i disagree with conferences that conferences can determine now they can't determine how you you know whether it's the regular season or the tournament um, but conferences can determine how the tournament yeah. format is set up. They have they have a lot of control over the tournament format. I think that uh, you know it shouldn't it shouldn't take away the tournament's automatic bid. But no, I don't think that uh, the t- the conference tournament should necessarily be deciding who gets the one bid. If you're going to uh, if if it's going to have a format like that, you might as well just give the automatic bid to your regular season champion. Yeah, I agree. And Bill, I think you made the comment yesterday when when Brian was on that. Uh, that you know, why not take the bottom four because it's a ten-team lead. Let them play, and those two join six others, and you got an eighteen tournament. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the easiest way to do it, right? Well, you know, and you know, I, I don't know, I maybe more revenue. I don't know the West Coast Conference, but anyway. <laughs> um, well, and also you said uh, I guess you said the other day, or maybe it was Monday, or maybe not. No, but I guess it was Thursday last week. Anyway. You said that it was a lot of negativity around Auburn's celebration of winning the SEC championship. Well, from season. from Kentucky fans, there were a few Arkansas oh. fans too that that thought, you know, act like you've been there, cutting down the nets uh, after you win the, the the regular season title, and uh, yeah, that that's that's why Dan, I said yesterday, it's pretty funny because I watched the Kentucky women cut down the nets after they won the conference tur- uh, conference tournament title. When you win a conference, regular season or tournament title, why shouldn't you? I don't know. I'm, you know what? I, as I get older, I, I have less and less patience for the uh, the celebration police. You know what I mean? Who you know? You're not celebrating correctly, or you're you're celebrating too much. You're, you know what I mean? Like, I just, yeah, get out of here! Like, come on! Like, I mean, are you, is it? And and it's. Uh, I guess we keep getting back to baseball on this, right? It gets back to, uh, you know, the 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 don't celebrate your home run too much. Right? Oh, you're, you're, you know, it's like, I, you know, come on. Like, it's. But this is a championship. Yeah, I know. I, mean, I know. I, did, yeah. I mean, no, I, I, I didn't see. I'm, I have no idea what Bill's talking about. I am insulated, thankfully, from any sort of criticism of, of how much Auburn celebrated no, uh, I mean, its, the, its championship. But no, Twitter, that's, that's, Twitter that's went ridiculous. Insane. The, the Kentucky, Kentucky Twitter just attacked Auburn for, you know, cutting down the nets and making a big deal that they don't ever cut down the nets. Well, that's because Kentucky's. That's because Kentucky has a countless number of SEC yeah, regular season championships, titles. and it's not a big deal when they win it. But Auburn, I mean, look, Bruce Pearl is the only coach in Auburn history to win the SEC regular season more than once. It's never happened before in the history of the school for a coach to win two SEC regular season championships. So yes, and I've been saying and all it's year, twenty three years since they had an undisputed conference title. And as I've been saying all year, this is one of the best SECs we've ever seen. And a whatever team raises, and and I said this long before. I mean, this was before Auburn started conference play, and I know they started what with ten and zero to begin conference play. But even before conference play started, I said that the the SEC regular season champion this year has accomplished something really incredible because this is a great league. Bill, you said earlier in the show, you think there are six SEC teams that could make a, a deep second weekend run in the NCAA tournament. In a league like that, 
you should celebrate winning the regular season because you you climbed a hell of a mountain yeah, to, it, to get to get to the top of the SEC that, this that's year. That's not three or four games. That's eighteen, and you won it. You know. With nobody sharing. And, and, and anyone who won the SEC regular season this year should be celebrating yes. it because they won one of the best leagues that this, this conference, you know, one of, one of the deepest uh, roster of teams that this conference has ever seen. And uh, so, no, I, I, I think that anyone, anyone telling Auburn to calm down in its celebration, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm you know, no, no, no thanks. I'll pass on engaging in that discourse too much. Well, it sounds very hypocritical. To me, after Kentucky's women won and they celebrated and cut the net, <laughs> right? But, but but Auburn, but Auburn can't do it. But you know, the world's full of hypocrites. You see them and hear them every day. But uh, last thing for for Dan, yeah, I was in uh, I was in Pensacola uh, last week working. I thought about maybe you know texting you, but I figured you were probably too busy. Uh, but uh, I did get a chance to go to Pensacola Beach on Saturday because I got a call from Casino Beach Bar and Grill. Uh, having a problem with their dish machine, and oh my God, the traffic on at, at like noon, going trying to get to Pensacola Beach was insane. I mean, hmm. I had to park illegally and put a note in front in my <laughs> in my van because I was parked right next to the uh, I guess the uh, uh, the sheriff's uh, little substation they have right there on the beach. Ooh, oh, between so I, between I, the I spring breakers, that. between the spring breakers that came yeah. to town, and and I imagine you maybe went by Pensacola Bay Center, and there was, I mean, there was a big crowd uh, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. There was a big crowd. A lot of Sun Belt fans made the trip, and uh, and yeah, it was it was really cool to see. You know, the the uh, in previous years, appreciate the phone call, Mitch. Always great to hear from you. Uh, let's uh, let's uh, let's see who else is uh, is is going on. Yeah, we, because we've got to get to the bottom of the hour break here before long. Dak is up next. Hey, Dak, what's up, Dak? Hey guys, how are y'all doing today? Doing all We're right. Doing good, fine. good to hear from you. Good, good. I hope I'm not bringing up something somebody's already brought up today. I just got in my car, but why is it? And tell me if I'm wrong, Bill. I've never noticed this before, but why is it that we have to be tagged when we say SEC champions of the regular season? I, I don't ever recall that ever being said like like it is now. No, nah, it's just, uh, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I was just looking back. You know, Alabama cut the nets last year when they won the regular season title. I mean, I think it's well, no, it's, it's it's the norm. I well, mean, the question, I mean, I've, I've heard people call it the regular season because there's a distinction between winning the regular season and the SEC tournament. You champs or tournament champs right. is what it should be, though. Right. I mean, you could do it that way, too. I mean, I have no problem with people drawing the distinction between regular season and tournament champion because there are two champions. I don't think, I don't think it takes away from the champion label to throw regular season on the front of it. If anything, it clarifies the you're not talking about a team that got hot and won four games in four days. Mm-hmm. You're talking about a team that was the best team over the course of the entire conference slate. I guess that's how you look at it. But when I go get a shirt and I have to get a shirt that says regular season, it kind of, to me, it like demeans it a little bit. I mean, it, I, I don't know. I mean, but like you said, winning 18 or over 18 games, that's a big deal. And, and in the show before y'all that come on, uh, his part. They asked each other which one's most important, and the other guy said the tournament, SEC tournament. There's no way no. SEC tournament is more if, important than a ten-game regular season. It, it's only more important if you didn't win the regular well, season. In, I mean, <laughs> I, you know what? There, there's Mississippi State and Alabama 
this yeah. year. And there's right. a, there's an argument to be made that in one-bid leagues, you'd rather have the conference tournament than the regular season championship because you'd rather have the conference championship. Yeah, that, that's it's why the, we were saying I still wish you could yeah, cause it's the, that the NCAA would take You know, the if it's the difference between making the NCAA tournament and not making the NCAA tournament, that's one thing. But no, personally, if you're an NCAA tournament team no matter what, I think it is more significant to yes, be regular season champion than tournament champion. Appreciate the call, Dak. Great hey, stuff, Dak. Hey, Ed, we've got about 30 seconds, then we've got to get to break. You with okay, us? Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, go there. ahead. Uh, okay, yeah, I'll try to make a quick 30 seconds. First off, uh, War Eagle, really a lot of props out for, you know, coach of the year and the way, you know, he in his, what y'all just played. Oh. And said the staff more than him, but you know, Jabari, Kessler, everybody. And I was going to remind you, he told me to call you back after the season when they were picked to be fourth or something. And I said, they're not going to be. I said, I, you know, think they're going to be a lot higher than that. And you said to call you back after the season and we'd talk. So, yeah, that, that's great. Actually, they were picked fifth. So, yeah, what a, what a great year. Live on The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. And online at ESPNAU.com. And on Fox Sports Central Alabama at 98.3 FM in Birmingham and Sylacauga. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email us at thedrive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive. Final 25 minutes here on this Tuesday afternoon. Bill and Dan here in the Wow Business Studio. Drew at the controls. And it's time for our weekly visit with Jake Crane of Crane and Company joining us. <laughs> here. I, mean, I, I, got, I, well, I just wanted to make sure I got it right. Jake, how you doing, man? I know. Man, I'm doing great. Uh, it's been an unbelievable uh, week and a half. We hit number one in the world on sports, on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. So it's... Uh, it's going good. Just very blessed. Yeah, you can't get uh, can't get better than number one. <clears throat> yeah, you know, like, like Bruce Pearl and, and Auburn, we're trying to secure the one seed. Yeah, it's exactly right. And we got conference tournament action coming up, Jake. And the uh, the SEC tournament should be uh, a lot of fun. I mean, Auburn is awaiting uh, the winner of the A and M and Florida game, which is one of a lot of of really interesting and uh, and games with with tournament implications, right? What do you make of the? Uh, we'll jump right in. What what do you make of the the Florida A and M game uh, that will decide Auburn's opponent in Tampa? Well, you know this this is going to be about as competitive an SEC tournament as we've seen. I think it's the best year the league's had, you know, since I can remember, since I've been alive from the depth of teams. You look at Florida, they got to win at least two to have a chance to get in. A&M's in somewhat of a similar position, but mm-hmm. when you have your back against the wall, uh, it makes you that much more dangerous. So I expect a knockdown drag out between Florida A&M, probably a low-scoring game. Uh, and when you're playing a team that has to fight to survive, you got to match their energy, and, and Auburn's done a good job of that. Uh, and it's on a neutral court, you know, so everything's even. You know, you play home, you play away. There's been big differences in home and away this year. I think between Auburn, Kentucky, Tennessee, and Arkansas, it's like 68-1 and one, uh, at home. So playing on a neutral court, and hopefully without a Nike ball, you still got to like Auburn. Yeah, and, and, you know, Bruce was talking about that a little bit today, just in the matchup. I mean, in a conference tournament, to play a team like whichever, Florida or A&M, which still is playing for an opportunity to get in the bubble uh, as an 8-9 seed is unbelievable in a conference tournament. That's the kind of thing you would expect to yeah. see, you know, next week. 
For sure. Well, to be honest with you, I think the A&M matchup is better for Auburn. Obviously, A&M doesn't have Castleton. Castleton's kind of negated Kessler mm-hmm. down low. Really, both times they've played, A&M's not a great shooting club, but they've caught fire. I think Buzz Williams is one of the most underrated coaches in the country. I agree. Now, he does say stupid things sometimes. I think after a game, he said, you know, I'm not the best recruiter. We don't have the best players, which means I'm not the best coach. I don't know why you would just insult everybody like that. But from a matchup standpoint, I think a and is a much better matchup. But it goes to speak, you know, to the depth of the Southeastern Conference. And, and I always say, whatever sport it's in, whether it's gymnastics, whether it's softball, whether it's baseball, I mean, hell, it could be Quidditch. When the SEC decides to make their mind up they want to be the best at something, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. When you look at the facilities and the coaches that have been added to the league, now Alabama's building a new facility. Uh, it just, it's unreal to see where the league has come from and where they're going. Just look at the draft. Certainly, and the uh, the extra layer of, of intrigue on that Florida versus Texas A&M game is that the winner, uh, when they face Auburn, that Auburn game could decide whether or not uh, the, the the opponent makes the NCAA tournament. Both A&M and Florida are on the bubble, and a win over another bubble team, and then potentially a win over Auburn as well, could be the difference between uh, making it to the NCAA tournament or not making it to the NCAA tournament. And that's you know a, a little bit of extra intrigue and, and something else that Auburn might have to watch out for because their opponent has so much to gain from a from an upset. Well, I think it shows you where Bruce Pearl's taken the program. Auburn's become came from the uh, started out as the hunter. Now they're the hunted, uh, and and they're one of the staples in the league. A new blood, as they say. I, I think it's more of a compliment to what Bruce Pearl and this team and the staff and and the community at Auburn have built. Certainly, because it's a uh, it's a situation where Auburn. I mean, all season long, when Auburn goes on the road, it seems like it's the game of the year uh, in that in that arena. You know, you think about the atmosphere at Bud Walton when Auburn went to Arkansas earlier this year, right? The, the atmosphere in Knoxville when Auburn was the opponent for Tennessee. I mean, these are you know, it used to be uh, that that when Auburn came to town, uh, tickets were cheap. And that was a game that season ticket holders decided they didn't really need to go to because yeah. uh, they could do something else that Saturday. Uh, you, you, or, you could get youth groups yeah, and things I mean, like yeah. that, tickets to get field, in. You know, field, trip, like, sure. field trip rates not for, anymore. For, for Auburn when they came to town in men's basketball. And that's not the case anymore. And, uh, and yeah, now in the postseason, huge implications if someone can upset Auburn in the NCAA tournament as far as what that does to their uh, – or if someone can upset Auburn in the SEC tournament, that could have huge implications mm-hmm. on what it means for their NCAA tournament resume. Definitely. I mean, you know, Auburn Auburn's at the top of the league right now. I mean, it, just think about it, guys. I mean, Auburn with, with, and I hate to say his name, it's almost like saying Baltimore, but with Tony Barbie, who, you know, said you couldn't win at Auburn, and, and that son of a gun couldn't, you know, coach coach a, a horse to water. Well, to be fair, but, to be uh, fair, Jake, thrilled. to be fair, Jake, he couldn't. He couldn't. Yeah, he, he never, he he never could, was going He to. couldn't he win at right. Auburn. Yeah. No, no, he, he couldn't win at Auburn, and, and God forbid he ever gets another job. It shows you what he knows, but the best thing that ever happened to Auburn was for Tony Barbie to get out, and, and then you bring in a guy uh, like Bruce Pearl who's not afraid of the moment, you know. So, look, you know, Auburn right now to me, are they perfect? No. But they've got – you look around the landscape of NCAA basketball this year, guys, I think you'll agree, and, and I think the audience will agree. It's not like last year where you got two dominant teams in Baylor and Gonzaga and everybody else is hoping to upset everybody. There's legitimately, in my opinion, six to eight teams – that can win a national championship this year, and Auburn is one of them. Uh, and the guard play's gotten a little bit better. Mm-hmm. I thought last game, you know, uh, against uh, especially you know Mississippi State a little bit, uh, but then you come back home against South Carolina. I thought Auburn was much more efficient, had a couple more turnovers than what they should have. 
some of them were a little bit fluke. But my biggest question is, how long do you play Alan Flanagan, guys? I mean, we we got to be honest at some point. You know, I'm. It, what scares me to death is that Alan Flanagan, because in the NCAA tournament, there's no tomorrow. So I, I think you're going to see the rotations get cut down, but I really like that three-guard lineup. Yeah, I thought we might see it a little bit Saturday. We didn't really, but uh, but I'm sure we will see it again. Uh, it really gives them better ball handling, three better ball handlers. It, it depends, I think, a lot. Uh, a lot of it depends on uh, the matchups, who they're going against defensively. And Auburn also doesn't need to give anything else on the boards because, um, you know, even with the impressive win on Saturday, Auburn still got out-rebounded for a third straight yeah. game. Yeah, you know, the Tennessee game, I think, was a little bit of an aberration. You had a, you had a lot of long rebounds in that game, just the, the way the game went. But Walker getting healthy with that shoulder, you know, that's why I go back and forth. Obviously, you want to win the conference tournament, but, but I don't think it would be terrible for Auburn to have a couple extra days of rest with Walker Kessler. But you are fighting for that one seed. Uh, I'm still shocked to see some guys talking about Auburn at the two. It just blows my mind. You know, you have some, some bracketologists who had Wisconsin as a one seed before Nebraska pulled their pants down in front of everybody on national TV. So uh, I'm very interested to see how it plays out. Uh, but you look at the depth of Auburn, and, and look, you know, uh, Alan Flanagan, I, I think he's a good player. I just don't know if you could, the, the amount of turnovers when he is in just scares the heck out of you. And Walker, you know, is, is, isn't overly physical because he's, he's very tall, but he's not very wide. Uh, seeing guys like KD crash the boards. And you know what's crazy is Wendell Green is somewhat of a sneaky good rebounder. Oh, he's had nine rebounds in a couple of games. He had seven, I think, the other day. I kind of want to get back to what you just said for a sec, Jake, because uh, I, I agree with you that Auburn at the moment looks like they're in really good position for a one seed. I don't know if Auburn were to lose its first game in Tampa this week. That I don't know if Auburn's guaranteed a one yeah, seed on Sunday because I think no, the I, teams... I don't. I, I don't think they are, okay. Dan. I okay. don't think I think they got to win at least one. That's where that double bye really helps you out uh, okay. because it's not like you're losing in the first round of the SEC tournament. But again, you know, you, you beat a team uh, like a Florida or an A and M, whichever one you see. That's a quality win. You know, you're you're not playing Georgia, uh, who parted ways with Tom Crean, which the rest of the SEC, you know. Wasn't very happy about because Tom uh, Green's been a doormat yeah. since he's been there. Yeah, I mean, George, the the the, uh, the inability of Georgia basketball to build something sustainable oh, is something damn. we talk it, about. We've that talked, Texas football blows my mind. Yeah, I, I don't get it. We, we've talked about it on the show for for a while. You know, even before Tom Crean got there, as far as just it seems baffling when you think about the talent that comes out of the state uh, mm -hmm. that, that you know that Georgia has watched go to other programs and and build <laughs> like Auburn. Yeah, <laughs> mainly like, Auburn. Name, namely the one that that Auburn's got going on. As far as uh, Auburn's uh, past to a one seed, if Auburn were to be upset by the Florida A&M winner, um, I think that you'd be looking at Baylor, Arizona, and Gonzaga as teams that feel like they're they're in the position with Auburn right now as, as the four top seeds. Duke and Kentucky, maybe because Baylor and Kansas both can't win their, their conference tournaments, I think Kentucky and Duke would would maybe be teams that you'd watch out for as if they were conference tournament champions, maybe one of them could jump ahead of Auburn on the on the seat on the seating list. Um, but I, I agree with you. I think Auburn right now looks to be in pretty good position. And if Auburn were to win one game in the SEC tournament, I think it would be hard to move them off the one line unless you know a lot of uh, a lot you know unless unless the picture is is different than what it looks like right now inside that uh, in, inside that committee room. Jake, for sure. I, I 
Oh, go ahead, Bill. Go ahead. No, no, I, I was just going to say that, uh, you know, one of the things in the in, in all the glory of, of Auburn winning this year, just wanted to get your thoughts on how, I mean, the amazing job of evaluating the talent that Auburn has brought in this year to see five new faces who have been as important, including Walker, who been we've been talking about, Wendell, Zepp, and Katie all coming in along with Jabari. That I think is a great testament to the evaluation of Bruce and his staff, and yeah. also I would think that that's a that's a good sign for for the future with all the players around the country who are so anxious to go play for winners and play for titles. I, I would think the uh, the the poss- not just a possibility, but the likelihood is pretty strong that uh, Bruce and his staff can cherry pick some of the best possibilities there in the transfer portal, uh, you know, in the upcoming future. Yeah, well, I'll add one more to that, Bill. It's one thing to be able to evaluate talent when you're taking in transfers. It's a whole other thing to be able to get in, get them to come in and mesh together and play well. And I, I think as good of a talent evaluator as Bruce and his staff is, being able to build that chemistry with guys that have never played with each other before is even harder to do. And you see that. The guys generally love each other. Uh, like, you can watch the way they play. Nobody gets more excited for each other than they do, and I think that's the best compliment you can give a coach. And think about who's coming back. Zepp already said he's coming back. Mm-hmm. KD's coming back. Wendell's coming back. Guys, I got a feeling Walker Kessler's coming back. And remember I said that. And if they return just that nucleus, I- I'm not sure if Alan Flanagan's going to be back or not. I- I- obviously not going to the NBA with the year he's had. I don't know if he'll be on the roster next year, but Bruce's ability to not only recruit the top players in the country and evaluate high school talent, because I'm telling you right now, this Westry kid that's coming in is an absolute dog. Trey Donaldson is one of my favorite type of guys coming out of high school. He plays multiple sports, and if you watch his football tape, he's physical as heck, guys. And, and that translates. There's just something about that a little bit. So you look at what he's able to do in the high school ranks from evaluate not only the physical side, but the middle side, and then add that with the transfer portal. And that's how you build consistent rosters that can win. Because at the end of the day, Big-time players want to play at big-time places that give them big-time opportunities, and that's what Bruce Pearl's built at Auburn. Talking with Jake Crane. Of course, Jake, uh, don't don't forget that Zeb Jasper announced on the drive with Bill Cameron that, that right. he is coming back. In oh, excuse exclusively. me. Yeah, yeah, broke the news there. Had, had that one on the, on, the, on the exclusive. Hey, you mentioned earlier that, that you think this is a wide-open field uh, in, in the NCAA tournament, and this is, a, uh, this is the last time we're going to talk to you before Selection Sunday. I'd love to know, you know, maybe if you get beyond the one line, right? Baylor... Uh, Auburn, Gonzaga, may- maybe Arizona's in that list too. Are there some teams that that stand out to you as watch out? This feels like a Final Four team, or this feels like a team that could make a lot of noise in the NCAA tournament. With the caveat that we haven't seen the bracket, and and that's really important in predicting who's going to go far. Well, man, I I think you got three or four teams from the SEC that could make a run and get there. Texas Tech is a team. I, I think them hiring Mark Adams mm. was such a great hire. You saw the way the roster reacted. Anytime you can play defense the way they can play defense, I know they've struggled a little bit lately, but in the tournament, you're not always going to play well on offense. You've got to be able to win rock fights. You've got to be able to rebound. And Texas Tech does a really good job defending and a really good job 
on the defensive glass. That's a team to watch out for. You know, I look at Duke. They really don't have that dog this year. Pablo Bancaro puts on his invisibility cloak when it matters. You've got to find a Hogwarts map and follow his footsteps to find him. So I don't believe in Duke like a lot of other people do. I know, I know. you know, kind of going past the one line, Arizona to me is one of the most complete teams in the country. I mean, speaking of country, they got a guy from about every country. It's like a NATO meeting every time they get on the floor. But they played really, really well together. The Pac-12, you know, UCLA, I don't see them making a run uh, like they did last year. Be careful, uh, though. That's a, that's a, that's a dangerous well, I team just, I, I don't. You know, look, Juzang's been beat up. And if you look last year, they shot the lights out yeah. in the NCAA tournament. But, you know, you do have a guy in Tiger Campbell at point guard that scares you a little bit. You look at the Big Ten, Michigan State's kind of fallen off a cliff. Ohio State has kind of fallen off a cliff. What do you think I don't of Purdue? Believe in Michigan. Are you a Purdue believer? Yeah, I am because Jaden Ivey's 100% witch, and they, right. they found two monsters from Mordor down low, including Zach Eady, that could change the light bulbs at Jordan-Hare Stadium for a living if basketball doesn't work out. But the problem with Purdue is they don't defend. You know, you look at – they remind me a lot, guys, outside of having Jaden Ivey, which that's a big deal, of Iowa from last year with Luka Garza. They can go off and score 110 points if they want, but they haven't been able to defend, and it's been somewhat of an Achilles heel uh, for them. So, look, there, there's going to be a couple teams that, that get hot out of nowhere. i tell you one team out of the Big Ten that I like watching play is Rutgers. Uh, Ron Harper Jr., I mean, they've had some really big wins. McCauley's a guy that can play inside out. I think they could make a decent run. And also Murray State. Now, I'm going to tell you guys this, and remember I said it. I've been saying it for a month. I don't think Gonzaga makes it past the Sweet 16. And if they see Murray State in the second round, Kevin Brown and them are going to beat them. Remember I said that. Hmm. hmm. Well, you know, I, I, we were talking earlier. I wouldn't be surprised uh, at, at any of six SEC teams being in the Sweet 16. I Look, it, I, obviously, Bill, you know this, Dan, you know this. It depends on where you're at in the bracket. Um, you know, mm-hmm. how they match them up. But the SEC, I mean, you look at Auburn, Kentucky, Arkansas, Tennessee, LSU, um, you know, Alabama, they, they're not able to stretch three games together, so I don't know how far they can go. But, uh, I mean, the SEC has a decent amount of teams that, that can give you problems. The league is so good and so deep. And you got to remember, come tournament time, you haven't been playing these guys all year. Right. You know, so they don't, they don't know – uh, you can look at scouting reports and you can watch tape. That's one thing. But when you're there and you can feel them physically and you can see them and they're running their stuff, it takes a half, a little bit more than that to get used to it. So that's the part where I'm interested to see, and that's what makes the tournament so fun. A great, great time of year. I mean, we love it. I mean, uh, here we are uh, less than a week. When we talk to you next time, um, Auburn will have started spring football. We, we're out of time here pretty much for that today. I mean, but because we're uh, coming up on – on conference tournaments and and the, uh, the 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 selection show and everything. I mean, what a great time of year! And and want to want to let everybody know what you got. Dan. Well, I was going to say, Jake, make sure before we let you go, tell everybody about how yeah, to get. Yeah, that's the... what I was doing. Okay, I was, good. I was good. doing a yeah, very terrible. Yeah, I was we, doing uh... a terrible job of leading into it, but that's what I was <laughs> no. trying to do. No, Bill, you you're good, baby. You're a pro. Now we're gonna have Bruce Pearl on soon. Really excited about that. You can find us on YouTube, Crane and Company. We're live every every weekday from 2 to 3 Central. Put out a Saturday special as well on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, at thedailywire.com. So check us out, man. We're talking everything. It was a crazy day with Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers. So we talk a, a lot, including Auburn basketball and college basketball. So come check us out. Love it, Jake. Appreciate it, man. And continued uh, be- best of success. All right.
Yes, sir. See you. Jake Crane joining us as he does here on uh, on Tuesday. You know, I hate to interrupt Jake. You know, it's one of my least favorite things to do during these segments, but uh, I can't stand for that UCLA disrespect. But you understand that. That's a team. Hey, watch out. I'm just telling you. you know, it's, and it's the tournament, oh, you right? Can't I mean, count them out. I mean everybody's, I, I mean, said it yesterday. Yeah. Anybody from the Final Four last year could, could you know, Make another run. Absolutely no, and and, and the uh, and the other team. I mean, since we talked about so much, uh, you know, the, the different SEC teams, we just sort of casually threw Alabama in there. You know, they have the profile of a team that. Well, he said they have trouble stringing they three. Do. I said if they win two, you know, you get in the tournament, you win two, you're in the Sweet Sixteen. And if they're a five seed, you know that yes. that is the kind of five seed that you know he was just talking about Gonzaga. Mm-hmm. You think Gonzaga will see Alabama again in the Sweet Sixteen? With, with, I mean, maybe maybe they do. Maybe not. Maybe yeah. not with those Alabama guards, right. you know, playing playing pretty well three months later. All right, we'll get to our final break of the afternoon. Stick with us here on the Tuesday Drive. The Drive continues. 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 The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. Online at ESPNAU.com. And on Fox Sports Central Alabama at 98.3 FM in Birmingham and Sylacauga. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back in. Final minute or so of the drive here on this Tuesday. Our thanks to Jake Crane for joining us, as he does every week. Hope you had a chance to uh, hear all of that. If you missed any of it or any of the show, check out the podcast. That's right. Podcasts of the drive are available wherever you listen to podcasts. You can go to uh, the ESPN 1067 uh, Podcast Center at ESPNAU.com. You can use the ESPN 1067 app for your mobile device, or you can just go to wherever you listen to your podcast and search for The Drive with Bill Cameron, and you'll find it that way. It's all presented by our friends at Southeastern Industrial Contractors. We're just about out of time here on the Tuesday Drive. Jason, it's going to be a fun show tomorrow. It's always fun. Jason Caldwell will join us in hour number one. Justin Ferguson in hour two, because he's headed to Tampa. That's right. Special special guest appearance by Justin Ferguson next week. uh, J-Day on Wednesday. Oh, it's a bad. Jason, gonna, then Justin. That's, that's going to be a good one, previewing the SEC tournament and everything else going on in the world of sports with a couple of heavy hitters, Jason Campbell and er, Jason Caldwell. We'll see if we can get him, too. Yeah, we'll work on that. But Jason Caldwell and Justin Ferguson will be joining us next <laughs> to next edition of The Drive. Welcome back, Dan. Ugh. Yeah, we do, this, we do this just about every day. Bye, everybody. Yeah, that's going to do it for the Tuesday Drive. Have a good one, everybody. We are out of here.